You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, a fresh week of the Locked On Syracuse podcast and lots to get to today. Today's episode brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. I'm fired up, Ty. I just got a, a great Red Sox win on a terrible uh, what a straight game. call you know, against bring the Bring out Yankees. the robots. Roll out the robots. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I, I, I had no dog in the fight. You did. I didn't. But I know I'm sure a lot of our listeners very upset. I saw the our Locked On feed was very testy because it's a lot of Yankees fans. But th- all I got to say, roll out the robots. I, I'm ready for uh, it. Yeah. Bring them out. By I the mean, way, sh- th- this is atrocious umpiring at this point. <laughs> it was a terrible call for sure. And, and by the way, shout out to Lee. You mentioned some of our listeners were upset. We got a funny uh, tweet from Lee last night. Right after the game ended, he said, this has worked in the past. If the Yankees make the playoffs this year, I will eat my shoe. Which, of course, to the loyal listeners, they remember he famously famously called that uh, Syracuse would not make the tournament. If they did, he would eat his shoe. And then he, he paid his debts. He paid so, his dues, anyway, yeah. I don't know how yeah, well that thing's that, settling in his stomach right now, but uh, we'll see. Right. Well, now I'm kind of hoping, even though I'm a Red Sox fan, the Yankees make it. And this is just like an ever going thing that we can just count on Lee to jinx us into (laughs) something down the line. And and we'll always have that going for us. But shout out to him. Uh, That's enough baseball talk, though, because we've got a lot to talk about today. The big lacrosse changes dropping last night. It was like a Friday news dump on a Sunday night. And sources and, and leaks, it comes out that basically John Desco's retiring and in steps Gary Gate, moving from the women's team to the men's team. This is something that we'd often talked about. I think we even brought up on this podcast recently, and it's become almost like a joke. It's been brought up so much that, oh yeah, like when's Gary Gate stepping in for Desco? And I gotta say, seeing the tweet come out inside lacrosse or wherever the first tweet was that people saw, it was kind of surreal for me seeing like it actually happened. I always thought, yeah, that'll probably happen. But now seeing it, it was still kind of a shock in a weird way. And that means it's time to give out another scoops point. It's going to Terry Foy from Inside Lacrosse. So Terry Foy, congrats. You are on the board, my friend, in the scoop standings. But yeah, I mean, I just see this New York Post looking graphic that says breaking news, gate to take over Q's men's program. And I got to say, This is about as perfect of an execution as I think this could have been. And I'm not saying from a higher standpoint, but let's face it, this program needs a breath of fresh air. And Gary Gate kind of provides that. It's the sexy hire, all that stuff. But maybe it's an even more perfect hire because of this. The story surrounding Gary Gate taking over the program is not that Desco's leaving. That kind of went by the wayside that he's retiring. I feel like that's a non-factor. No one's even thinking about that, really. The story yeah, is that Gary Yeah, isn't that kind Gate- of a problem? I, I was thinking about that. No, it's I'm sort not- of sad that, like, he'll get his press conference, I guess, this week, but I wish that there was, I mean, the guy won five national titles. No, it's I- kind of weird that it's it's not a full-scale thing from Syracuse, and they're saying, like, oh, we, uh, with... Uh, we're really proud of, to have had John Desco and like announcing the retirement in a formal manner. I'm talking about it's perfect from a PR standpoint that this is the story that people care about. It's that Gate is taking over. 
and John Desco because, listen, I know it's been frustrating these last couple of years, but in Syracuse lacrosse lore, John Desco is a legend. I mean, you've seen the tweets. This program has been around for over 100 years and has only had four coaches. John Desco is one of them. So for him, this is kind of the perfect way to go out where no one's pointing fingers at your failures. It's more, we're happy to have this new guy coming. It was the perfect way to kind of send him out from a national headline standpoint, if you get what I'm saying there. Yeah, no, I get that. I just feel like he deserved a little bit more of an announcement, and I guess it's it was not supposed to come out this way. Inside lacrosse, the guy that you mentioned, Terry Foy, you said his name yeah. was, I think. He broke the news, so then Syracuse now is not doing it the way that they probably formally would have done it in the first place, but it's just kind of a bummer that it ended up this way because as much as we have been disappointed in the program recently, and they definitely did need a change, it's almost like the way I feel about my Celtics making a move by Danny Ainge retiring recently. Like I don't dislike Danny Ainge or think he did a bad job, but I was all for a change because you just know like sometimes change is needed and that was definitely needed at some level of the lacrosse program now to make this change now kind of a big shakeup, and I don't think Desco necessarily did this all on his own maybe he had some say in it but to me when you saw the quotes right after they lost to Georgetown and he's saying stuff like if it's up to me I'm coming back then there was reports a good article from Lindsey Kramer of the Syracuse Post Standard, where he's breaking down that he talked to some of the recruits, and Desco was down there with Joey Spelina, the five-star recruit recently. He was talking to him. He was telling him that he was going to be there next year, basically. Like, it's kind of tough that Desco probably was committed to coming back and isn't, but I think it's the right move. I think it's an exciting new phase that we're entering here in Syracuse lacrosse. And I loved seeing the, the parallels, too, and it, it works really well for me. You know me, not the biggest lacrosse guy, but... Of course, I, I can get things, and I feel like this is the way that lacrosse is explained to people, is by making comps to other sports. So I've seen it thrown out there. This is the equivalent of, I think Mike Waters had this one, of Carmelo Anthony coaching the women's program and then taking the the men's job, succeeding Bayheim. Like, that that's what this is. And yeah. it, it's pretty astonishing to, to see... A guy who, again, he has never coached D1 men's lacrosse, but now he's taken over maybe the premier brand in the entire sport. And he, he's had a lot of success on the women's side, albeit he has not won a national championship. But this is a guy who's obviously well-respected in the sport. And this is a guy who also is arguably the greatest player in the sport's history. It, how You very rarely see those type of people or maybe it's more common in the in the non-revenue type of sports, and I, I believe Syracuse is technically a revenue sport for lacrosse, but people understand what I'm saying here when I make the larger point, but in these smaller sports, that's where you sometimes see these all-time greats actually go into coaching careers. All right, quick break to tell you about Lucy Nicotine, a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative Finally, it is a tobacco alternative that doesn't stink. It's finally here. It is researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. This stuff tastes good. I've had it before. It is convenient. It is discreet. The products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It is 2021, guys. Get rid of the cigarettes. Unplug your vape. Throw out your dip. Whatever it is you're using, 
Just get you some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. They have lozenges as well. They come in cherry ice, citrus, or mint. Those are very tasty as well. This stuff is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple. You don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Plus, we get a promo code for you. Locked on College Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE to get 20% off all your products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word, at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Hey, quick break to tell you about the best place to go to keep your car moving on the road. It is rockauto.com. You know, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's almost impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why often endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? You don't know that sort of question. And wait while the counterman or woman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Why do that when you've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and also in your pocket? Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years now. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and they'll have it delivered directly to your door. They've got a amazing selection and reliably low prices so all you got to do now is go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure that when you do make that purchase on rockauto.com right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com I'm very excited about it. I I wouldn't classify it in my eyes as a home run hire. I'm hesitant to use that phrase sometimes, but I think this will work because they're going to get players. They're going to get recruits when he is literally the Michael Jordan of lacrosse. I know he's been outside of the game for a while, the men's game, I think for 10 years or so, but I mean, he coached at the MLL level. He He's, he knows men's lacrosse. Like, I'm not that worried about him transitioning to the men's side of things. It is kind of weird timing for him leaving the women's program when you have Emily Harris-Chuck coming back off injury last year. They're set to make another run in a national title. I felt like he was going to get a national title for the women's program before he ever made that move. But when the men's job comes open, I don't think you can say no to it if you're Gary Gate. And now hopefully the women's team continues on the right track and, and obviously it's a very important hire for them coming up as well. But I'm excited about Gary Gate on the men's side because they have these good recruits that are coming in in the class of 2022. Joey Spelina, who I mentioned, and in that article from Lindsey Kramer, it talks about how those recruits are still committed. My, I get excited when I think about Joey Spelina and Gary Gate, and then I also get really excited when I think about Petra Mala as the defensive coordinator, right. because it's almost like 
the Juwan Howard to Michigan, and then you get a really good, uh, who's the guy? You get your Uh, Phil Martelli, yeah. Phil Martelli, thank you, yeah. So you get like an experienced guy that has been there before, because my concerns with Gary Gate is just, he hasn't been a head coach at the men's college lacrosse level. Well, now you have this experienced, great defensive coordinator. And by the way, I, I just wanted to change the defensive coordinator, period, after last year. Right. And for people who are worried, maybe from a recruiting standpoint, about, again, this was supposed to be a, a fantastic class coming into Syracuse for this upcoming season. To me, even though Desco's not there, isn't Gary Gates still a giant draw? I mean, you're talking about a guy who, like we've kind of mentioned, is one of, if not the greatest player in the sports history. And now you've got a chance to be coached by him. If you were a college basketball recruit, and Michael Jordan were to take over after Roy, you're not decommitting from North Carolina. And that's the equivalent here. So that's why I think that anyone who is worried about the recruiting stuff, you can take a big, deep breath now because I don't think you're going to see much of a drop-off or many people decommit, especially those upper echelon guys as well. So... I was thinking about this, and this maybe is something we could throw out as a poll at our Twitter page, at LO underscore Syracuse this week, but it came to mind, this question. Does Gary Gate win a national title as the men's lacrosse head coach at any point in his career? And I guess the other thing to consider when you bring that up is, would it be a successful hire? Would it be a successful tenure which he's 54, so you'd hope that he's going to be the coach for a while. And, I mean, we've only had four coaches before him in 106 years, so it'd be kind of abnormal to have it not be a long tenure in Syracuse lacrosse history. But would it be successful if he doesn't win a national championship? And I think that is a an easier answer, which, to me, he has to win a national title for this to be considered a successful hire, considering the legacy of the program, the name of the program, how you can bring in recruits. It's not like he's inheriting something that's too terrible. I mean, they're not going to be great next year, but they're still the transfer portal. And I think this could help them in the transfer portal. But do you think he wins a national title as a head coach? Yeah, of the men's team? I do. I do. And I think the question should not be, is it a success if he does win? It, it should be how quickly does he have to win for this yeah. to be considered the right hire? And, and to me, I think I'm giving it four years. I think that is is the, or at least getting to the final four and showing that you have the capability to be in that conversation year after year because you're going to have a full recruiting cycle under your belt. And not only that, but the the quote-unquote stepchildren that you're going to be inheriting in this class of 2021, they're pretty damn good too. So there's really, you you have a four-year leash, in my opinion, to prove that you are a final four contender and establish yourself back among the top of the top in the entire sport because it has been a couple years of mediocrity. And I get that there are people who may be critical of the hire because of the fact that he has not coached D1. But when you're the greatest player in the sports history, you have every single connection at your disposal. You know everyone in the sport, high school coaches, all that stuff. Guess what? You're still very plugged in and you're recruiting in the premier region as well. I don't think this is going to be a big problem. And I I think that this is a guy, I know there's a lot of changes that have happened rules-wise in the sport. I mean, he can't do his signature dunk anymore. But (laughs) guess what? It's not a big deal because he's adapted. He's shown that he can win at 
through different rules changes. I mean, look at the women's game. There's a completely different set of rules that he's dealing with, and he's had success there. So I'm not worried about him transitioning to a new era of lacrosse. I don't think it's the, like sometimes you hear people talk about these old baseball managers that come back and, and coach. And I think of like Tony La Russa, and people have been critical of him and how the game has changed. But I think the game has changed, sure, but I don't think it's past a guy like Gary Gate by because first of all, like you mentioned, he's not that old. He's only 54. And on top of that, he's still been around the game and has had success. It's not like he's taken a giant hiatus from the entire sport itself. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit risky. I think, like, the name, uh, Andy Shea, the Yale coach, he was thrown out a lot leading up to this week as a guy. I think there were some rumors that maybe he'd come to Syracuse if the job opened up, and he's just kind of one of those up-and-coming, young, hot coaches. I don't know how young he is, but anyway, he was thrown out as a name, and, like, he would be safer in a vacuum, I think, because he's just transitioning from a program that he is led to one of the best spots they've been in in program history at Yale to an even better situation with better facilities, everything. Like, he would probably be successful. But Gary Gate, I think, has a higher ceiling. And also, as you said, he is the best player in the sport's history. Like right. You don't get that opportunity a lot to just insert that guy. And now, I mean, we can get into a little bit about what this means for the women's team going forward because I do think John Wildhack has done phase one of two here he's got a big decision to make on the second leg of this and in terms of the women's coach and there were some reports from Brent Axe this week or earlier uh right before we recorded this podcast him saying that basically Kayla Trainer was offered the job and she turned it down which one surprised me too that's an example of again basically one of the best players in the sports history and you have the opportunity to bring them on I think it would have been a slam dunk if she comes on and maybe she still does I mean it's still early and that was just one report but I do think it's an opportunity that you can't pass up. You at least have to give it a shot. And like you said, if it's not working in four to five years, be quick to pull the plug. Because frankly, if they have three or four more bad years and it's heading downward, then you're kind of losing the 22 appeal. Like Joey Spelina, a kid who picked Syracuse and is coming in that 2022 class, he has said that he wants to be number 22 and play at Syracuse his entire career. And basically, since he's been a young kid, he's talked about that. Well, in 2030, 2035, if Syracuse is still struggling, they're probably not going to have some high school kid approach the coaches and say, it's always been a dream of mine to play at Syracuse. This is a pretty important time for the program. So you've got to capitalize in this new window. You, you just threw out the, the years 2030 and 2035, and I got scared. You, you, I, I mean, that, <laughs> that is so far down. The, but you're right, because guess what? The, the fan base with this team is impatient. And this is what happens when you're one of the premier programs in the entire sport. You get an impatient fan base. The standard is a lot higher year after year. And uh, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with Gary Gate as the head coach. But there's another critique that sometimes comes with when you are the best player and or, or a superstar and you go into the coaching realm. And sometimes you don't have success. In fact, a lot of times you don't have success with it because of the fact that part of why you had success was just because you were so much better than everyone. And there's certain things that you simply cannot teach other players because there's these God-given talents that you had that you just cannot bestow upon your players. But to that, I would counter with Gary Gate is not going to be working with a bunch of average players. 
Gary Gates going to be working yeah. with a bunch of superstars. And I think when you've got superstar coaches in terms of when they going back to their playing days, when you've got guys who have been superstars teaching younger superstars, that works out a little better because you can actually relate with them. Gary Gates not going to come in here and be getting the the middle of the pack guys or, or the leftovers of the recruiting cycles. He's going to get the best of the best. And that's a testament to both who he is as a coach and also what the program is on the national landscape as well and the, the area that you're recruiting in. And I think you look at Gary Gate and you saw that play out with a lot of the players that he brought in on the women's side. Some of the mega stars that you saw, whether it was Kayla Trainer, Nicole Levy, Emily Harris-Chuck, this year with Megan Carney and Megan Tyrell. So when you've got a coach who's been a star, they can relate to the stars. And those are, the, quite frankly, the players that Gary Gate's going to be dealing with. Hey, did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, including their limited time offers as well? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about what their favorites are. Just ask Tim and I. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie, but they've got a variety of other flavors as well, whether it's coconut, some fruit flavors, some other chocolate flavors, the salted caramel. There's a Built Bar for everybody. And if you haven't tried all the flavors yet, you can get a mix box as well where you will get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only do Built Bars taste great, but they're also healthy for you too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four net carbs. So order today and get that raspberry, the mint brownie, or do what I do, get the peanut butter brownie, or get whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Again, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. So getting into the John Wildhack angle to all this, because I do think this is interesting. This is something that right when the news dropped, you texted me and you were like, is this the biggest move Wildhack has made in his tenure? And I think it is. And I think that's frankly because he hasn't had a ton of big moves to make necessarily yet, un unless I'm forgetting a couple. It feels like we talked about this a little bit when we were doing the fan survey and trying to grade him. It's it's kind of like the Bayheim decision is, is really going to ultimately define his legacy. But this is pretty close to being a legacy-defining move. It could really work out for him. It could not work out. It's a huge sport for the fan base, for the community. So it's interesting that Wild Hack makes this move. And like I said, I do think that John Desco was forced out a little bit. And that's a hard thing to do. And maybe it wasn't entirely forced out because I don't think that would have been the case considering his pedigree and, and that he is a Hall of Fame coach, but the way that he made those quotes and then he's going down and recruiting all week and then all of a sudden the news breaks on Sunday night that he's no longer the coach, I did feel like Wildhack kind of pushed him out the door a little bit on this one. And it's a big move for Wildhack to make in what has been a career so far that has mostly just been defined by renovating the dome and not a whole lot of coaching changes. When you look at the on-field, on-court, all those decisions... John Wildhack really has not had to make a ton. I mean, he's had to deal with a lot, no doubt, during his time. He's obviously he's seen the the conference undergo a, a change at their commissioner level. He's helped with the upstart of a television network. And then on top of that, oh, yeah, how about a pandemic as well as some social justice issues as well? So he's certainly navigated a lot off of the field of play. Yeah, that's a but good point. This is yeah. the first time in the field of play where he's had to make a big call. 
which to me is a little strange for a guy who's been at the helm. Now, what is this going to be? Year five or six for him? So Somewhere around yeah, there. He's yeah. been there over five years now. And usually within those first five years, you have to make a significant call. And especially at a Power 5 institution, whether it's basketball, football, or one of your higher tier Olympic-type sports, you usually have to make some sort of big decision in those first five years. And that just hasn't been the case for him. And that's going to be the interesting part of his legacy because – this is something that when you map out, when John Wildhack is done as the athletic director at Syracuse and you look at the timeline of events, this is certainly on it. And this is the first big move he's made. And I, I got to say, I'm quite frankly not surprised with the way he navigated. And I think we may have even gotten a little bit of a hint as to how he is going to operate in future hires too because Gary Gates, a member of the family. And at a big sport for this campus, for this university, and, and Wild Hack being an Orange alum himself, the family matters. And I think you saw that first little glimpse into it that, okay, first of all, I think you can rule out that the the basketball hire is going to be out of the family if this is the lacrosse hire. Yeah. You know, I think it'll be interesting, too, what direction he goes, women's lacrosse-wise, because the name Joe Spilina, the dad of Joey Spilina, has been thrown out already as the women's lacrosse replacement, and he's the Stony Brook head coach right now. They just had a great year, took UNC to the brink in the Elite Eight. They've had really been a top-ten program for a while, and he's done a very good job with them at Stony Brook, but he has no ties to Syracuse outside of his son, is committed to play there. He's... He's not a Syracuse alum. so Is he's this going to be a Cade Cunningham type of deal, you think? You think we got something like that <laughs> in the works where they're, they're going to hire his father onto the into the athletic family just so uh, they to can pers- secure yeah. the, the commitment? To keep him? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> that'd be quite the foreshadowing if, if they... Because uh, they've already Let's gotten be first the to this, though. Let's be first to this. Maybe. But I think it, there's a real shot that he comes to the woman's side. Although, if he does come... The surprise in the hire would be Wild Hack stepping outside the family. And I think that would be noteworthy because, as you said, I'm fully expecting him to stay in the family for the basketball hire. And I think we're all expecting that. And that's something when we talked to Jeff Goodman, he kind of put it in a way that everyone already knows. But just hearing him say it, he was like, well, here's the thing, guys. You got Bayheim. He's been at Syracuse all his life. He basically grew up there. And you got an AD who's a Syracuse guy, John Wildhack. Like, that means something that he is a Syracuse guy. And I think we're starting to see that now in these hires. And you're right. I would be totally floored. Like, the idea of someone coming outside the family for that basketball job, I would put it at a 0.2% chance. And and maybe maybe this is just some old clip that gets replayed, but I really don't think there's any chance it's not GMAC, Hop, or Red Autry taking over that basketball job if John Wildhack is the AD at that time. Yeah, and guess what? I think on on the flip side, as highly revered as Syracuse basketball is within the community, the lacrosse program, quite frankly, holds that same standard in terms of how much the community rallies behind it. It's, It's a niche sport to the region as well, and the family aspect. I mean, I brought it up earlier. Gary Gates going to be the fifth coach in a program that's been around for over a century. That, that to me, is all you need to know about how important the quote-unquote family aspect is of the entire program. And 
it makes sense that this one's staying in the family. I don't know what we're going to see on the woman's side. I'd imagine that one stays in the family as well. We'll see exactly what the the exact hire is. But it's when, when you've got these big programs that contend for championships, the family matters. And when the alums of the program have a, a fair amount of say, or maybe not say, but the, you know they're going to be pushing and prodding at Wild Hack. And that, that, I think, should hold a lot of weight. It should hold a lot of weight in a lot of the decisions that are going to be made with the women's program now, too. All right. Well, we will continue to monitor the news this week on the women's side, whether maybe Desco does a press conference. More to come, I'm sure, on the men's side. Maybe they will officially announce the staff. We'll keep you guys updated on all of that. Subscribe now to the show if you haven't already so that you can stay updated on all the Syracuse news tomorrow on the show. Maybe we'll be talking some lacrosse. We'll see what breaking news comes out tomorrow if there are if there is any, one thing that we could talk about tomorrow, Ty, is uh, Flip going on his visit. Yeah. There's some photos surfacing of that. Kyle Filipowski going on his visit. Big Syracuse basketball target. So maybe we'll we'll touch on that a little bit. But we'll, we'll see what comes out. And we'll see what comes out over the course of the week. But subscribe to the show now so you are up to date on all the Syracuse offseason news. It never seems like there is an offseason in Syracuse sports. And this was just another example of that on that Sunday night news dump. But that's going to do it for the Monday episode. We will be back on Tuesday.